I used to be a very timid, negative thinker and people pleaser. Then my relationship with God changed all that around. Now I have this podcast called The Essence of Life, where I share with people about various aspects of life. For example, your health, finances, personal development, your relationships, and of course, your spirituality. And just how you can balance all of these things together to live the abundantly blessed and balanced life that Jesus came for you to live. John 10.10 tells us, The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I came so that you can have life and to live it to the full and to enjoy it. If you would like to know more about this podcast, please subscribe for more content on living the abundantly balanced life. Sebo, sounds good. God bless you. I want to give a special shout out to my people there in Turks and Caicos. You have been climbing up the charts in my analytics for the past couple of weeks. And I just want you to know, I feel your love. I feel your appreciation. Thank you so much for listening to the Essence of Life podcast and also to St. Keats and Nevis. The both of you, these two countries have jumped from all the way down to the top five spots on my podcast. I appreciate you. Connect with me. Send me a message. I have a Facebook page called Netisha Ali Grant, The Essence of Life podcast. Hit me up there. Send me an inbox and let me know how this podcast is blessing you. I'm so happy that you're listening. Seba, sounds good. Have you seen a man of God and you are just smitten by him? Like Mrs. Jakes says about T.D. Jakes the moment she saw him. Is there a man of God in your life? that you are just caught up with? Who is a man of God? And just who is allowed to have such feelings towards him? In this episode, I'm going to be talking about being in love with a man of God from at least two different angles. Firstly, I want to share quickly about who is a man of God. According to gotquestions.com, a man of God is the description given to a man that follows God in every way, who obeys his commands with joy, who does not live for the things of this life, but for the things of eternity, who willingly serves his God in giving freely of all his resources, yet gladly suffers as a consequence of his faith. Perhaps Micah 6.8 sums up the man of God in one neat verse. He has showed you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God, according to Micah 6, eight. Now, if we do a quick search on who is a man of God, there are quite a few other definitions from different sources. For example, I kind of like the one that Wikipedia gives, although I do not really acknowledge it as that much of a source. But it says a man of God is a biblical title of respect applied to prophets and beloved religious leaders. The term appears 78 times in 72 verses of the Bible. Now, there are different 
uh, examples again. For example, BibleStudyTools.com says, A man who pursues that righteousness and strives to live for the Lord is sometimes called a man of God. Uh, Crosswalk.com says, For a boy to become a man of God, he must adopt a character that is not like the world, but rather a reflection of Jesus. So basically, they are all going back to what the first uh, definition says, which is stated in Micah 6.8, is that you basically walk with God and you turn away from the things of the world. This is a man of God. Now, in my corner of the world when we speak of a man of god we think of a pastor we think of a a church leader however a man of god could also be a very decent married man who is not necessarily a pastor in the church but he's probably a layman or something different to that sort however it's just this man that practices righteousness and seeks the face of god as opposed to the desires and pleasures of the world now we have two women or types of women who could be in love with a man of God. The first, of course, is his wife, or in some cases, his wife-to-be. So, the wife who is in love with a man of God, you were chosen to be his helpmate, just like Eve was given unto Adam. And I actually have some of the responsibilities that Eve served unto Adam when she was created. And I outlined some of these in the episode number 16 called, Can I Do Life With You? She compliments him. She speaks life into him. She assists him. She, she is his life partner, his support system in so many ways. And a man of God is a man who walks with a high level of integrity and comes under intense attacks because the enemy doesn't like men who are functioning and operating in the presence of God. So a woman who is the wife of a man of God, a pastor's wife, or a woman who is just minus the titles, has a great responsibility for heavy is the head that carries the crown. And just like your husband and our husbands are not normal, regular men in society it's the same way that we as their wives must understand the responsibility that comes with it and own up to it and practice to be the best teammate that we can be not for the husband only but also for God because being in love as a wife to a man of God is being called to service it's being called to emulate the commitment of God and the covenant of God with his people it's an extremely powerful position but it's extremely hard working position that requires great 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 strength and it's a lot of responsibility so if you are not in that position and you're considering being with a a man of god think about the level of responsibility it takes pray about it and ensure this is the will of god for your life because once he calls you for that life he will equip you and he will sustain and maintain you Now, the real Cinderella story here is when other women are in love, quote-unquote, with a man of God. When women within the church are in love, quote-unquote, and I know why I'm saying quote-unquote for in love, with a man of God, or women outside of the church who are, quote-unquote, in love with a man of God. 
this can be considered coveting. Now the 10th commandment, if we uh, look back at it, says in Exodus 20, 17, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, your neighbor's wife, nor anything that is your neighbor's. So basically, if you are, quote unquote, in love with a man of God who is married, then you are coveting your neighbor's husband. You are coveting something that belongs to your neighbor. And the reason why I insist on saying quote unquote is because I personally do not see it as you are being in love with this person, but it's a feeling that you have. And since love is not a feeling, you need to make a decision that this, what you're feeling is definitely not of God. However, there is some reason why you as a person who is coveting a man of God could be feeling the way you do. And one of the reasons I came up with is that you see a man of God, it is what you want also for yourself. He just seems perfect. He prays powerfully. He is in the church all the time. He loves God and this is the type of man you want. This can cause you to develop some form of infatuation, crush or feeling towards the man of God. A level of attraction because you see in him what you would like in a husband however if this man is already otherwise married and engaged to be married with another woman it is wise to seek the face of God to talk about this now let's go a little deeper into what it means to covet thou shall not covet it is to feel inordinate excessive desire for what belongs to another. Now, I won't go as far as saying excessive desire. However, I have seen examples of women who have developed this sort of desire for a man of God that is already married. And him being already married means he is out of bounds. Him being already married and otherwise committed means that he is not for you. So how do you address a situation like that? Now, I have shared this before on this podcast and I will share it again because it's not something that I am going to hide. When I was still a practicing Catholic, there was a specific bishop in my diocese, as they call it, which is the area that, you know, we lived and he served. And there was just something about him. I was not married yet. I hadn't even met my husband yet. But there was something about his presence that attracted me. The moment this man walks into a room, he walked with such dignity and pride. He he carried himself excellently. And there was just something about him as a man of God that I was attracted to. Now, of course, I went before God and I was like, Lord, I know that this man is a bishop in a Catholic church. I also know that this means that he is committed to you and knowing back then, well, still the case, they are not allowed to be married. Whatever that is that I was feeling or experiencing, I need you to deal with it. I need you to address it. I need you to help me with it. 
And what I did was, I don't know if we understand the power of confession and maybe I'll do a podcast episode on it, but confession really reduces the power that something has over you. It reduces the hold that any form of secrecy has over you. So what did I do? I went to the bishop and I confessed it. I said, there is something about you that every time you come around the place, I just, it's like I light up. I feel this kind of mushy thing towards you, but I know. I know it's wrong. I know there is nothing that could come out of it, but I just need to let you know so I could get it out there and I can confess it. And I was so happy that he was very patient with me. He was very understanding with me. He had a very good conversation with me. And he said one of the things that I needed to confirm, of course, and I was happy that he said, well, you know that it cannot go anywhere. And this is something that we need to deal with when it comes to asking God for the gift of self-control because there are feelings that are going to arise occasionally throughout our lives and we must assess we must assess the root of these feelings and we must also assess the end result of these feelings in my case the root of these feelings turns out that I definitely was attracted to a man of God and it spoke volumes because I became married to a prophet or pastor okay now the end result of these feelings is there's no way that this can go anywhere what was i going to do tell the bishop i'm in love with him so he needs to stop being a bishop and come and be with me (laughs) he was already fully committed to god and there's no marriage in the catholic church so this is where our logic comes in and you might question me and be like well if i feel it deep down on the inside and i have butterflies in my stomach and my gut tells me because i have this gut get over yourself there's a lot of things that we feel to do and they are not right to do and this is where we have to bring our feelings and our emotions on the subjection to the power of god and we have to go back to what the scripture of god says Do not covet what belongs to your neighbor. If you are desiring intensely, if you are desiring at all what belongs to your neighbor, it is one of the 10 commandments that we are still supposed to practice even if we are no longer under the law. It is still a principle of God. It's equal to you wanting your neighbor's car, wanting your neighbor's house, or wanting your neighbor's life. So I just wanted to come on here and share this because this is an issue that is in the church, outside of the church. And one of the things that could happen is we could open the door for sin. We could block ourselves. For example, a single woman who's coveting her pastor is blocking herself from receiving that person that God has for her because instead of fixing her eyes on herself and who God has for her, she's still focused on what she wants in that man of God that is her leader. I hope that this is bringing some form of value to you as you listen to this because as I said, I had a personal experience and I'm sharing it because I want you to know I understand what it feels like. I've also seen and experienced women coveting, not maybe my relationship, but other men of God. I have seen some of them confess it. 
So I understand how you may feel because I had a taste of the experience. However, I would like to provide you with some advice. If you are a wife of a man of God, sis, stay within the blessing. Consistently pray. Consistently, you too, as you become a woman of God, draw near unto God and turn from the things of the world so you can become the Proverbs 31 woman that God is calling you to be as you serve in that capacity. But if you are coveting a man of God, seek the face of God. I beseech you. There is nothing that can come out of it. Do not give room or give place to the enemy lest he thinks he could use you as a vessel to destroy what God has put together. There is no blessing in seeking after a man of God who is already married. And like I said, it's not necessarily a pastor or a church leader. It could just be another married man who practices and lives the lifestyle of a believer and a child of God who walks closely to God and aspires to be faithful to his wife. Seek the face of God for transformation as his Holy Spirit will surely, surely convict you to let go of the feelings because you might just be blocking yourself from what God has for you. And because love isn't a feeling, not a mushy feeling it's a decision that you make every day that this is my person and i'm gonna stand by this person so minus the feelings open your eyes to the logic open your eyes to the spiritual things of god seek the face of god and like he did for me and help me to understand whatever that was that i was feeling was probably just my spirit preparing and getting ready because i was actually desiring to have a man of God in my life and God was showing me that he was going to get me to that place eventually but the point is I was mature enough to understand that feelings had to come under subjection the scripture says bring every thought under subjection bring every thought captive to the power of God so every single thing that crosses your mind every thought every feeling that you encounter Go before God, seek his face and allow his Holy Spirit to minister to you and to convict you so that you can continue to live the abundantly balanced life that God wants for you. His plans is to prosper you and not to harm you. Don't lose your blessing because you are coveting what someone else has. But stay in God, allow him to use you, allow him to minister to you and allow him to lead you to the one that he has handpicked just for you. And those of you who are already walking that walk, stay true to your husbands as men of God. It's not easy to be who they are, but we continue to cover them, travel for them. And when we do that, they are led by God, they submit to God, and then we in turn can submit to them and live a life that is godly and inspirational to others who are trying to get to where we are. Seba? Sounds good. See you next time on the Essence of Life podcast. Bye.